0: Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. His disciples. He says, who do men say I am? Now, the disciples began to utter all these different names to him, right? They said, John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And so we're going to pick up in verse number 15. So Matthew 16, verse number 15, where Jesus, to me, gets very personal, okay, with with his disciples. And he says this. He said to, to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, the guy who always speaks up first all the time, right? We always have people like that in our life sometimes, right? They just kind of speak up. They're the ones who always... And I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the guy... I'm more like, I would say, maybe John or maybe one of those other guys that just kind of steps back and lets Peter do his talking and do all those things. But, here, but anyways, it says, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I... Also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. So our title today is open the gates. Okay. Open the gates, if you would bow your heads. Let me pray real quick. Holy Spirit, we are so grateful that you are here. Speak to each one of us. Help us to understand the authority you've given to us in the process of finding freedom. Amen. Okay. So this one verse, really, I you know I like to say this word sometimes, but there's so much Jesus juice. In this this passage of scripture, right? You know, Jesus, Jesus, is like, ooh man, that's good, right? Yeah, you guys are looking at me like, I don't know about that, Pastor Scott. Anyways, okay, but there's so much in it, but there's so much goodness to it, but, but we can't really cover all of that, so I'm just going to give you some highlights. This is kind of kind of be like Sports Center, ESPN style, right? I'm just going to give you some highlights of the scripture, okay? And so um, today we want to look at the rea- that this reality that God through Jesus, right, through the Christ. Has given you and I the authority. Okay? He has given you and I the authority to storm and open every gate that Satan has and is using to hold you in bondage. Okay? And like I said, I hope you've already begun to do that. I hope you've already begun to to take those steps of faith to say, okay, I'm no longer going to let these doors be wide open. I'm going to close these doors. I'm not going to allow bondage to take a hold of my life. And then I pray that you are continuing to stand against those attacks of the enemy, right? Because all of us know, you know, there, have, have you ever had like just a good season in your life where everything just kind of seems to flow and it's just going good and nothing's happening? You know, it's just, it's all good, right? And people go, hey, how you doing? Oh, it's all good. But then, you know, what? we have seasons in our life that are not so good, right? That are very tough, that are very hard, okay? And see, the enemy has a play in all that. And his whole, whole objective, like every day, every night, right? He, he's trying to get you into this metaphorical prison, okay? Behind these bars of bondages so that he can control, right? And, and these, these, these bars or these gates are basically what Jesus calls the gates of hell. And really, because we live in this world, we have to recognize that those, those gates are around everywhere they're very uh, out there. I mean, we can, if you, if you pay attention, right? And you pay attention even to what the Holy Spirit says to you or or, or reveals to you, or you get uncomfortable about certain things, man, just recognize that, you know, what he's trying to show you, he's trying to open your eyes and realize, hey, that's not a road you want to go down. That's a, that leads to a gate that you could be locked into. You could be in bondage to. And so we have to understand that, you know, in this culture, there are are traps everywhere. But see, we have to live above the culture if we're a Christian, right? We got to live above the culture and not just do whatever the culture does. And so, like I said, we sometimes have these great seasons. And in these great seasons, man, I'll just tell you this. In the great seasons is a great time for you to grow in your relationship with the Lord right? When you're having a great season, that's not the time to stop growing in your relationship with the Lord. See, a lot of times people get it backwards. They wait until they're in a tough season to start trying to develop their relationship with the Lord because, man, they need Jesus, right? They're like, Jesus, come, man. Helicopter Jesus, swoop in. Take me away. I need your help. But see, it's the opposite sometimes, right? Because we do need Jesus' help in, in our tough seasons. But see, when it's a good season, we should be building the foundation so that when the tough season comes, man, we're all good. We're all, we're all ready, ready to go. And so it's kind of with this premise, I want to give you this first point today, that hard times... Should be expected. Hard times should be expected. Difficulties. Trials. Tribulations. Um, see, a lot of times I, I encounter. Um, and, it, you know, sometimes for, for a person who is walking in faith, you think, man, I should never have a, a, a hard time. Right? Because, I, 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 man, I'm on it. But see, we still, the Bible, and we'll show this in a minute. The Bible says you still will go through things. And so sometimes they get so confused by that. Like, why? I I don't understand. But see, we shouldn't be surprised when difficulty comes, right? Because serving Jesus is not just, you know, the fast pass or the easy walk in the park, right? Hard times should not catch us off guard. Especially when you make a stand for what God's word says in your life. Because you got to know that the enemy is going to get his little tail, whatever, if he's got a tail, I don't even know if he's got a tail, but you know what I mean. But he's going to get his tail like, you know, just like your dog, right? When someone comes around your house or whatever, and he's inside and they're around, he's like our dog, he gets all barking at these other dogs thinking he's tough. Our dog's not tough at all, but man, his tail goes straight up, man. It's like, what? Yeah, right. You know, like he's ready to tumble. Man, he would get creamed. By some of the dogs in my neighborhood. Because he's more of a lover, not a fighter, right? He just acts big. Anyways, like his dad. There you go. But the thing we have to understand is that, that the enemy will not just kind of give up because you're making a stance. There's going to be hard times that are going to come. He's going to increase, oftentimes, what he wants to do. So let me, let's kind of walk through some scriptures that talk about, you know, that the difficult times are ahead. Okay. Especially if you're a believer. And, and here's the thing. These scriptures that I'm going to show. I'm not, there's a ton of them. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to show you a couple. But here's the thing. Praise God this is so true. None of them ever say hang your head and sulk. Think about that. <gasps> oh, I'm going through such a tough time. Not one of these scriptures says that. Okay? Doesn't say it. But what it does say is that you do have an enemy. You will face trials. You will face challenges. You will face things, right? But when you do, this is is the cool part. It says to approach it with joy. Approach it with a heart that sees, hey, there's an opportunity for me to grow. Wow. See, we think the exact opposite. Oh, how could this be happening to me? But see, God says, Yeah, you know what? You're just you're gonna face times. So let me let me read a couple of scriptures. James chapter 1, verse 2. All right, this is Pastor James. He's talking to his congregation. He's read, he, he wrote this and he says, My brethren, okay, that's men and women, that's everybody who are believers. Okay? He says, Count it all joy, not count it all sorrow. He says, count it all joy joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. It's producing something in you. See, when you decide, and as we've walked through this finding freedom, when you decide, hey, I'm going to have freedom in my life here, just recognize that, you know what, you're going to have situations, challenges that are coming up, trials that will come up where the enemy will want to see, oh, yeah. But scripture is telling us, hey, you, you just be, it's a normal thing for a believer. But see, it's it's about our mindset. So what he what he's trying to tell us, right? Pastor Davis is trying to tell us that, that that trials are inevitable. Okay? They are to be expected. But it's not if you fall into them, it's when you fall into those various trials, right? Because some people will say, well, man, you know what? I I man, I I totally faith scooting around every single trial. I'm good. Okay? But oftentimes, we don't recognize the fact that trials produce something in us. And so what we, what we think, oh, yeah, I don't got a trial at all. Okay? You might actually have a trial. But see, don't, don't, don't negate what God can do in the trial. Because he can develop us. We can spiritually grow. This even says, can you put it back on the board? That it produces patience. What if you were to say, God, I just need more patience. And he goes, oh, really? Okay. Well, let's throw some trials in. Let's see if you'll have some joy. Right? Nobody ever asked for that though, right? But I'm just saying, it produces patience. Don't get mad at me. It's scripture. Okay. And then, then look up, let's look at a couple of scriptures that Peter, um, Peter said, because he has a lot. To say about this, He has a few thoughts that the Holy Spirit uh, gave to him. First Peter, chapter one, verse six through seven. First Peter one, six through seven, it's on the sky Bible right up here. It says, "In this, you greatly rejoice. Why do they keep starting with, man, the first thing, the first part of your attitude has to be joy or rejoicing." Man, that stinks, if you think about it, right? Because that's not our nature, okay? It says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Okay? That word various means many colored, many different challenges, many different trials you have in your life. Man, we're supposed to rejoice. But then again, he says this, right? Because it's going to produce something. Verse 7 That the genuineness of your faith. So these trials that you are going through. It says that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. Though it is tested by fire may be found to praise and honor the uh, glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now here's the thing, right? Our, Our faith isn't tested because God doesn't know how much faith you have. Think about that. He already knows. He knows how much faith you have. So it's not one of those things. Well, let's see. You know, he doesn't go to the angels and the 24 elders and say, hey, let's see see how much faith Pastor Scott has today. No, he doesn't do that. But it's really more for you and I benefit. For us to understand, well, how much faith do I really have? How much do I really believe that Jesus is all that I need? it helps me to understand where i'm standing in my walk with him sometimes i'm doing great i'm just going to be honest with you and sometimes i'm doing lousy but see it's in those times that the lord says hey wake up alert woah 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 you know like the, the the ship the submarines that dive or whatever they go woah woah it goes off in my head sometimes because the holy spirit's trying to say hey yeah your faith level is pretty low right now. You, you don't have a whole lot of trust that God can do this. And so you're trying to step out in front of them. Oh, that's right. Right? So then I've got to take, whoop, take a step back. Almost fell. Take a step back. Not to fall, but you, you know, you get it. I'm so graceful on my feet sometimes, right? I should have been a ballerina. Anyways. Okay. But see, it's that tested, tested by fire. So that we can see for, our safe, see for ourselves where our faith is at. First Peter 5 uh, verse 8 and 10. Okay. Now this one says, he didn't start it off too much, you know, being happy. But he says this, Be sober, be vigilant or watchful, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Okay, then it says in verse 9, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace who called us to uh, his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So, So are you getting this? Man, don't, don't, don't be discouraged if you're walking through a challenge. Don't be discouraged if you're walking through a trial. But, but man, you better get your boots of faith on. And you better said, okay, I'll, let's, let's, let's find out where I'm at. Am I going to cry and moan and feel sorry for myself and hide? and Oh, the world just hates me. Or am I going to stand up and say, okay, well, let me strap these boots on these boots of faith on and say, ooh, man, let's go. And yeah, I might have to grow. I might have to be a little bit challenged and I might have to strengthen myself. But you know what? That's, that's the attitude we're supposed to have. Okay? And so here, here Peter is explaining that, you know what? The reason why you're going to face these challenges is because you have an adversary who has not yet been locked up. Right? Revelations chapter 20 tells us that he'll be locked up for a thousand years. But he's not locked up yet. So since he's not locked up, that means he's still roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But see, in those difficult times, what are, are we going to have joy? Are we going to have, are we going to rejoice? Are we? Because I think he doesn't like to devour rejoicing believers who trust in God's word. To him, I think maybe they just taste bitter. Why would I want to do that? But if I'm, you know, just wallowing in the struggle, then he's like, yeah, ooh, give me some steak sauce. Let's go, right? But see, it's a mindset. We have to be able to walk ourselves into this. The other great thing about this, right? is the fact that he says in here, he says, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world or your sisterhood in the world, okay? See, the thing is, is Satan wants you to think that you're all alone in this struggle. He wants you to think you're all alone in this challenge, that you are the only person that has ever (laughs) gone through a challenge, a trial, a situation right? But here's the deal. Others have already fought these battles too. There are others out there that have already fought some of the battles you're fighting right now. There are some who are in the process of fighting their battle right now. That is the same battle that you may be fighting, right? So we can't run and hide. But what we need to do is we need to be in these, these hard times, and these challenges. We need to, you know what? Use our faith, right we got to have our faith out and then you know what we got to find others that we can walk with see see jesus didn't say do church alone right he didn't say hey do community alone he said no there are times when you know what you're going to need someone to come alongside you and say hey man yeah i'll be praying for that for you you want me to hold you accountable yeah i'll hold you accountable you want me to do? Yeah, I'm available. But see, when we isolate ourselves, that's when we're easy prey. But when we have great numbers, then you know what? The enemy can't attack like he wants to attack. But see, sometimes we just got to be able to, to be to, to kind of surrender and say, "Man, you know what? I'm walking through some pretty tough things right now." Now look at now check out this promise. This is from from the Lord. Okay, Jesus said this in John sixteen thirty three. He said, these things I have spoken to you that in, in, that in me, okay? Now notice it's only in him you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. See, even Jesus is telling you that. You're going to have hard times, okay? He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, rejoice, have joy. I... This is Jesus talking. I have overcome the world. Man, that's good news, isn't it? As we face difficult times, we have somebody who's overcome the difficult times. Right? That means no matter what challenges or trials you're facing today or in the days to come, the correct position of faith is to be of good cheer and know that I have someone on my team who has already overcome every single challenge, every single tribulation that you are facing in the moment or are going to face down the road. Because, man, it might be all good right now. Rainbows and lollipops. It's all great. But, man, you know what? You might be hit with something down the road. But, again, it's recognizing I've got someone on my team Who's walking side by side with me. Who has already overcome. Every challenge. Every tribulation. Every situation. That I, that I could possibly. Encounter. Okay. Now the word tribulation in the Greek. Describes distress. Affliction and trouble. But here's the deal. Again. He said man I've overcome it. Now Overcome is the Greek word uh, Nikos, which means this. It's not a one-time overcoming. So he says, when I overcame the world, it wasn't just a one-time thing. Okay. Yes. We could say, okay, well, let's, let's box that in. We could say, oh, well, okay, yeah, I get it. Because he, he died for our sins. He was buried and he was resurrected. He overcame. But that word also gives us the, 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 the idea Or is speaking of this idea that it's not just a one-time overcome. It's a continuous overcoming. It's a non-stop overcoming. So again, that puts it in our ballpark to be able to look at it and say, Man, I got Jesus walking with me. And he has overcome every single thing. Tribulation, every single trial, every single thing that I'm walking through. And it's not he just overcame one time. He is overcoming them all the time. And since I am in him and he is in me, I have victory over that situation, over that thing. Right? Even if you're not seeing it in the moment. But see, faith is not about seeing in the moment. Faith is believing that God is active right? Even if I don't see it yet, I'm still believing that God is active. Can can you do that? Yes. Bible says that God's given each one of us a measure of faith. That means you got faith. But see, sometimes we got to go to the gym and work that faith a little bit more and a little bit more and get a little bit stronger now, right? That song a little bit louder now a little bit now I'm thinking a little bit stronger now a little bit stronger now Ooh, you're right okay I'm sorry I'm just wired really weird sometimes um but see we we got we got to be able to, to to grow in that right so we just can't we can't be discouraged we can't think there's no hope that you know there's no way that we can get past these struggles there's no way that we can get away or around or or through this this attack um Of the enemy. We can't advance around the gates. Okay. But you can. You can absolutely do that. But see. We got to grab a hold of this truth. And declare and believe that Jesus is with you. Right. And that you will. With his help. Overcome. Your. Tribulations. Trials. too, Because he's on your team. He's on your side. But in order to do that, we got to go to point number two. Point number two says, we must have a revelation of who Christ is. We must have a revelation of who Christ is. Now, revelation simply means a revealing of something or someone once hidden. It's kind of like pulling back the curtains. For us old school people, you remember, uh, let's make a deal. Remember that? With Monty Hall. And he would say, do you want behind what's door number one? Door number two, right? And then finally they would, ah, door number two, right? And So they open it up and it would reveal what was hidden. Okay, that's kind of like what Revelation is. And what it is, is God revealing to us the deeper things of God. The deeper things about Jesus. The deeper things about the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what he wants to do, we have to have a a deeper revelation of who he is. Not just what we hear on a Sunday morning. Right? Not just, "woo, glory, Pastor Scott, that was awesome. Okay? But then we don't take it with us. We leave it sitting in our seat, nicely packaged, waiting for next week to come. And then I'll sit in my same seat because you got to sit in the same seat, right? And I'm going to sit right there because it's neatly packaged. And I, I'm, I'm good right there. I'm comfortable. But see, we've got to like take the revelation of what we're hearing, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And we got to take it with us throughout the week. It's, it's, it's just so vital. Okay. But, but let's, let, and, and, and when he does that, he, he's kind of like downloading right? Stuff to, you know, you computer people, right? Don't we download stuff into our computers or iPads or whatever? Well, that's kind of what the Holy Spirit does. He he downloads things about Jesus that begin to expand our understanding, okay? Matthew chapter 16, verse 15 and 17. Uh, He said to them, this is Jesus again, he said, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. Now notice, right? Singular, not a Christ, not, you know, kind of just something out there, but it's singular. He says, you are the son of the living God. So he's affirming his deity. Jesus answered and said to him, now check this out. I, I, I think, you know, this very, I think this is a very calm account right here. Because to me, I think he said, man, like, right on! Peter, right on, bro! You got it! awesome right he's doing maybe the happy dance high-fiving whatever now it's you know pastor scott's version right so that's the psv yeah there you go okay but he says blessed are are you simon barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven flesh and blood didn't reveal it to him but see what happened was the curtain was pulled back by the father how why Because Jesus spent time. I mean, I'm sorry, Peter spent time with Jesus. The more you spend time with Jesus, the more the curtain gets pulled back. It's very simple. Right? We make it so hard and so complicated. But it's very simple. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more the curtain just gets pulled back. And all of a sudden, man, like again, things start downloading into who you are. And so he's he's getting this supernatural revelation of who Jesus is in the moment from God. But it wouldn't have happened if he didn't spend time with Jesus. And I I know for me, in difficult times and trials and tribulations, there are times when Jesus personalizes this to me. Because he says, Scott, who do you say I am in your situation right now? My flesh doesn't want to go there sometimes. But he he, he makes it personal. You say, hey, Scott, who do you say I am right now? Am I the Christ? The son of the living God in your life? Don't I have power over what the enemy wants to do? What he's trying to challenge you with? Don't I have the power? Yes, sir. Then what? Snap out of it, bro. (laughs) Just understand that, man, I'm right here with you. But see, what happens, my nature is I want to keep quiet about it, right? I want to keep quiet. I want to stress. I want to struggle. I want to basically sink in this trial. Man. And then here's the thing. When I do that, I'm not applying who he is in my life. I'm far from it. You know, and, and man, that, that, that's where the enemy loves to jump in at those times. When I'm not saying, you know what? You are the Christ, the son of the living God in my trial, in my tribulation, in my challenge. As soon as, as I start sinking and letting that stinking thinking come in and just the weight of it and carrying it and all of those things, then man, that, that leaves the door wide open for the enemy to come in. So let me, let me give you kind of two basic ideas of this, of this revelation thing. And, and I don't want to talk about just God loves you. But let me give you two things that hopefully will open up a little bit when it comes to these challenge things. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. Now, the Greek word dwell carries the idea of one who permanently resides at a specific location. Now, remember what it said, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. So dwell, again, is the idea of one who permanently resides at a specific location. So Paul is trying to let us know, right, that not only does Christ establish his physical residence, in a faith-filled heart by the Holy Spirit. But he is also at home, permanently settled in your heart. Right? You have become his dwelling place. His temple. His property. His place of permanent residence. Where? In you. Right? Get a revelation of that. Understand that. He is there for the long haul. He ain't going to bail on you. I know ain't's not a good word. That's not correct English. But he he ain't going to bail on you. He's going to stay there. He will not, listen, he will not abandon you at any time. Because he dwells. He takes permanent residency inside of you. That means he's locked in. He ain't leaving you. And he will see you through every trial, through every challenge, through every single situation. Right? And so since he lives in you, then he knows what you're facing each and every day. He knows. Right? And, and I, I just can't help but think, you know what? Um, he's paying attention to the details. Right? You might think, oh my gosh, he left me. He's nowhere to be found. Right? But all along, you know, he's right there. He's permanently in your life, in your heart. He hasn't left. He hasn't, he hasn't left you at all, but he's paying attention to the details, right? Even in your challenge and trial, you know, he might be sitting around, let's see. Let's see what kind of faith Pastor Scott has today or tomorrow, right? Not that I, not that he's putting it on me. He's not putting it on me to test me. He knows I have faith, but he wants this, this me to be able to understand that, Hey, maybe I need to grow in my faith, but he he lives inside of us. Right. And he has the power. He has the ability to give us the victory in every area. Right. That's why, that's why I love that scripture in, in Romans chapter eight, verse 38. It's going to say it right here. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say all things are good. It just says, we, we know that all things work together. And since he lives inside of me, and since he's taken up permanent residence in me, and he's not going to abandon me, he's taking care of the details. He's looking at every single thing. But it's, look, at some point, it's all going to work out for his glory going to work out for his good. Because he wants to be there to sustain you, to strengthen you, to guide you, right? Through this life, through every single trial that you face. First John 4 4 says this, says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome, okay? There's that word again, overcome. Again, the the tense refers to a continual ongoing victory. You have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he, that's Satan, who is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, overcome challenges, overcome trials, overcome your obstacles. You are of God, little children. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a little child. There you go. Okay. And have overcome them because he who is in, in you. Right? Remember we just established he's in you. He dwells in you. He takes permanent residency in you. He's not going to bail in you, on you. He who's in you is greater. Greater. Right? That's some dancing right there. He is greater than he who is in the world. He is the enemy. What? That means he's greater than the enemy when the enemy comes at me with trials and tribulations and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yes. Hot diggity dog he is. Man, I'm on a roll today, aren't I? Okay. He is. He is greater. So he has already, because he's overcome, we've overcome, right? He's already given us the victory in every trial. (laughs) <laughs> every challenge we face, every gate that is set before us, he has already given us the victory. How does he do that? Because of what Jesus did for us on the cross and how Jesus rose again from the dead. That's how he's given it to us. He's given it to you. He's given it to, I, uh, to me. But see, we need a revelation of that. Every time the enemy comes, right? Right. We have to understand that we we do not need to be defeated. Because we're not puny, little Christians, just trying to figure it out. Barely screeching by, hopefully I can figure out how to get past this one. No. See, that's how the enemy wants us to think. But see, if we would take our rightful place as sons and daughters of God and say, no, man, this is what the Bible says. I know it sounds crazy in my head, but this is what truth says. So I'm going to stand on the truth. And then next thing you know, man, you begin to see, oh my gosh, look at God moving my life. Sometimes it's it's as simple as that, right? But other times it might take a little bit of time. I don't know. One other revelation we need to understand is Colossians 2.15 says this. Now this is um, Paul talking, talking about Jesus. He says, having disarmed principalities and powers, right? That disarmament came through his death and resurrection. He made a public spectacle, okay? That, that kind of denotes a, a boldness or a confidence. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So get the picture. When Jesus was done, finished, dealing with the enemy, Right? His victory was not something that was quiet and somber. Actually, you know what? It was something that was bold, it was loud, it was full of confidence as he displayed his foe before the heavens and said, Look, he has no power over me. Look, he has no power over my children. Uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord, look, right? It was a, it was a celebration, right? Because this whole like triumph, it, 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 it gives this um, idea, this technical idea of, of emperors or um, leaders or generals who, who would march in. They would have big parades marching in with all of the goods of the enemy and the enemy himself. And the enemy would be in chains. The enemy would be disgraced right? He would be disabled. He would be defeated. And man, everybody was joyous. Everybody was celebrating because they had won this great victory. Same principle. See, and yeah, maybe we weren't in the heavens at that moment, but see, we need to take the stance that, you know, what, because of what man our Savior did, man, we can rejoice and be glad and know that I already have the victory because of who Christ is in me. Right? He's given this, this God-given authority to resist the enemy. And so we have to step up in these challenges. We have to step up in these trials. And we have to use our God-given authority and tell the enemy that he cannot illegally, he's illegal when he tries to manipulate or to operate in our life. Because each one of us is, is victorious over the schemes, over every trial. Right? Every challenge. Every gate that's set before us. Because of who Christ is in you. He's given you victory already. It's already settled. It's already done. We just have to walk in it. Right? And sometimes that victory takes a little bit longer. Okay? Sometimes it's instant victory. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. I mean, you go back in the history books and you look at wars. Long time it took sometimes for a war to end. Okay? But that means they didn't give up. The ones who won kept fighting. Kept, man, going for it. Believing that they were going to win. Let me give you the third point real quick. And then we'll get ready to wrap it up. I'll tell the worship team when you guys need to come back up. But not yet. Okay? The third one. During the hard times, lean on what you know to be true. During the hard times, lean on, on what you know to be true. So here's the issue for you and I, how much do we believe the Bible is true? How much do we believe it? Like I said earlier, you know, do we just uh, uh, listen and hear and go, oh yeah, great on a Sunday morning, but don't apply it on a every other day, every day basis. So most of us, when we get into a season of difficulty and challenge, a lot of times we want to focus on the question of why am I going through this when we should actually kind of reverse that, right? Because once, once we do that, we kind of start getting into this like, you know, um, mental hopscotch where we're just jumping all around trying to figure out the answers instead of sometimes just calming ourselves and saying, okay, maybe I don't understand why this is happening. But what I do know is, is what the truth tells me. And that is, is that I should walk through it with joy. I should rejoice. And I should put my trust in, in Jesus because he is the Christ the son of the living God in my life. But see, once we start jumping around with all kind of whatever, then you know the enemy's got, right, got us right where he wants us. Because we're not focused on God's word anymore. We're focused on opinions, right? Our thoughts are kind of all over the place, which then goes to applying, take every thought captive, right? And so we need to hold on to these, these, these revelations in order to help change our life. Now, Matthew uh, 16, again, says this. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. That's you and I. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth uh, earth shall be loosed in heaven. So, by what Jesus is saying right there, he's saying, you know what? He has access. To every door, every gate, and he has authority over all of them. He's in charge, right? So much so, he said that the gates of hell, hell, gates of Haiti, will not prevail against what he's doing in your life. We got we got to believe that. We got to, I mean, we got to believe that, because the enemy will tell you, uh-uh, oh, I got so much power, I am going to jack it up big time, man, there's nothing God can do, and you need to turn around and say, uh-uh, <laughs> right, you talk back to him, you can talk back to him, okay, just don't talk back to your mom or daddy, right, daddy, but talk back to him and say, uh-uh, oh, that's, that's not possible, it's not possible because I know the one who holds the keys to every, every gate and every door. He's got the master key. Okay. But he, but so we could, so we could stop right there, but, but check that out. He says, but I give you the keys, multiple keys. That means he's given you the ability to whatever challenge, whatever trial, whatever situation you're in to take a key, which is God's word and apply that key to that gate, to that scenario, to that bondage, to that area of your life. Do you hear that? You have a key, right? If you, check this out. See, you can't mix, you can't mix kingdoms. You can't mix the worldly kingdom and God's kingdom, right? That's like if you were to go to a hotel, Holiday Inn, and they give you a key, right? They give you that little card thing. And then, on your, and you go out to dinner, but on your way back, you get confused and you end up at the Marriott, right? And you go to room 203 and you're like trying to put your key in there and it won't work. Why? You're at the wrong kingdom. You're at the wrong hotel. See, and what we try to do is we try to apply worldly philosophy, worldly ideas, the culture ideas to things and expect God to back it. But, but, but he won't because you mixed up the keys. But see, if you were used use the key of God's word, then you have every, man, you have every ability or every confidence to expect God is going to honor that key. When you use God's word to unlock the right thing. Okay, God's word is the key to the kingdom. So you can put your card in. <whit> ah, <sharp inhale> oh, Yeah, I'm in. But see, what we do is we get it mixed up. And so we can't mix kingdoms here. We have to understand that he has given us the ability to walk in victory. And sometimes in that victory, well, no, most of the times in that victory, every time in that victory, we got to use God's word. It's got to be the primary thing, okay? But see, we can't skip the responsibility that he's given you and I to align ourselves to God's word, right? To his truth. Like, you know, the point, the point said, you know what? Okay, so during hard times, lean on what you know to be true. So if God's word is true to you, then start leaning on it, right? And use the key, unlock any door that needs to be unlocked we have to lean on his truth during our trials and our challenges and what we know to be true so that might be a test for you that might be a challenge to you how much do i believe is really true of this let me give you one last scripture works to me and come on up Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 says and they overcame him who's him right? Satan himself, by the blood of the lamb, right? The finished work of the cross, and by the word of their testimony. God does does not want us to judge what is happening in our circumstances with what we see with our eyes and hear with our ears, but he wants us to walk by faith, by what we know to be true and not by what we see in the moment. There's a big difference, a huge difference. And then we have to stand on what God has revealed to us. Okay, and I'm going I'm to just tell you that if, if the only thing that you can stand on right now is that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, then stand on it. Whatever challenge, whatever trial, whatever thing you're going on, if that's the only thing you got in your holster right now, stand on it if you know that to be true, okay? And then you grow your arsenal, right? Get those little index cards out, start writing some scripture, start memorizing, meditating, doing all the things you need to do, okay? It says, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So you know what? Shout if you got a shout. Remember that old song? Well, maybe not. I'm an old rocker at heart. Molly Crew, shout at the devil, right? Well, shout at the devil. Okay, that's not a, a, a commercial or ad or whatever, sorry. But, but shout at him if you have to, right? Declare that victory is already yours because Christ dwells in you, right? And he's already made a public spectacle of the enemy. But you know what? If you're not there yet, just start moving that direction. Just start getting there. Man, that's all God wants. He wants you to understand that. As as, you know, last week, next week, we'll finish it up with this Finding Freedom series. But but the key of this thing was the fact that, you know what? Because you're stepping out in faith to find freedom, the enemy will come. But he has given you authority over everything. That the enemy Every demonic influence Every demonic force Everything He has given you authority And he's given you victory So start using the right key The kingdom key To put in the door To get victory But here's the great thing You can do it (laughs) You can do it I know you can God knows you can Because he's in you He's permanently dwelling there and he's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to bail on you. I hope you've been blessed by this. I hope it's spoken something to your heart today. It sure has mine. I love at times when you're preaching to yourself. Because I'm human just like you. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit's like, hey, pay attention. But do me a favor, bow your heads as we close. Holy Spirit, only you can do the work inside of us that we need. And so, confirm, give us deeper insight, push back the curtain, and give us a greater understanding that we walk in victory in every trial every challenge, every situation that we encounter that is not of you, I thank you that we have the victory because greater is he, greater is he, greater are you that is in us than he that is in the world. And that you have overcome the world in our life. You have overcome every situation. You have overcome every tribulation, every trial that we face. But we're gonna face them. But from this point on, Lord, it's going to be different. We're not going to wallow. We're not going to feel sorry. We're not going to be overwhelmed or stressed. But Lord, we're going to take what we've learned today because the Holy Spirit is going to apply it to our hearts and to our life. And we're going to apply it to our hearts and to our life. And we're going to begin to live in victory through every situation. That's our declaration today. We are going to live in victory in every trial, every challenge, every situation, every tribulation that comes our way. We're going to live in victory because we know who we are in you. And in you gives us victory. And we thank you. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.